I'm starting a new series called DNA. It's the DNA of our church, a series that we uh, run through about once a year, different messages, but the same, same overall topic. And uh, so this is DNA part one, and uh, we're going to talk about how to know God how to know God. If you don't know this about our church, our church name, Church 1132, uh, it comes from the book of Daniel, chapter 11, verse 32. It says in the, in the second part of that scripture, those who know their God will be strong and do great exploits. Everything we do as a church is wrapped around those three things, know, be, do. I'm gonna know God, I'm gonna encounter him, I'm gonna become strong, that's next week. How to be, be at my best, how to live life to the fullest, how to find freedom. And if I do those things, then I can find or begin to do great exploits, which is my assignment. Man, you just need to know why you're on this planet. You're here for a reason. It's not by accident. It's not by chance. You're you're here for a reason. And doing great exploits is finding that reason and beginning to carry that out. So we're going to be talking about those things. uh, But today we're going to talk about knowing God. Acts chapter 17 New Testament, Acts chapter 17, verse 22, it says, Paul then stood up in the meeting of Areopagus and said, people of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. Now, we live in an area where there's a lot of people that are really religious. But a lot of people that say they're Christians, a lot of people that come to church, but I'm not talking about coming to church today. I'm talking about knowing God. There is a difference. You don't know God just by proxy. All right, you, 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 can, you can come to church and still not know him. And so we're glad, we're glad that you're here, but we also, we want you to know who God is. We know him. It says that he is for to an unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing, or religious, verse 23. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, to an unknown God. So they're even worshiping something they didn't even know what it was. They knew there was a higher power. They knew there was something. They just didn't know what that it was. So you're ignorant of the very thing that you worship. And this is what I'm going to proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. Now, everything is, culminates in this scripture right here. It says, God did this so that they, humanity would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. And then this could change your entire 2020. Though he is not far from any of us. Man, God's not at a distance. He, he's, he's not somewhere out there. This scripture declares that God is not far from any, 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 any of us. Which means that it doesn't matter if you're righteous or you're wicked. That God's not far from you. doesn't matter if you grew up in church or this is your first time in church. That God is not far from any of us. says, seek him, look for him. Look for him, reach for him, and he will be found by you. Anybody ever have a hard time like finding your keys? How many of you, I just want to just know this, like how many has like you have a place, a designated place where your keys go? You know, that's a lot of us. I don't know why, even as I've been preaching this, I've been thinking about why we do this. We have a key bowl. 
We got a lot of people that live at our house. Uh, I got two kids, uh, two boys, they don't drive. Six and four, but we have our, my, my sister and Jamie's sister both live with us, so we have a lot of cars that are all, we got keys to, and everyone puts their key in the bowl. It's like a mystery every time you try to go somewhere. You just like pull out a key. I'm like, today I'm driving this. And so it's like they go in a key bowl, which I don't know why we do that. It should be like a, I want my own bowl. That's how my life is. It's like, y'all can have your bowl. I want my bowl because I don't want to ever confuse my keys with your keys. But you ever lose your keys and and you're just like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, where are, that's how I am because if it's not in the bowl, I really don't know where they could be. I put them in the bowl every time. So if it's not in the bowl, I'm just like dead in the water. I'm like, Jamie, I don't know what to do. Like, I can't go to work today. She's like, what's wrong? It's like, my keys aren't on the bowl. She's like, did you look for them? Where? Where, where would I look for them if they're not in the bowl? And, and I'm just going to let you know, if I want to go anywhere, I got to find the keys, obviously. But I'm fine as long as I'm not going anywhere. As long as I'm staying in the house and I'm just staying in my home, I don't need my keys because I don't need a car because I don't need to go anywhere. I want you to know that everything that happens in my house represents my natural limitations. Everything that happens in my home is my natural. It's my own strength, my own abilities, my own giftings. But if ever I hit a crisis and I need to do something outside of natural, I'm going to need my keys. Or let me say it this way. In the presence of God is supernatural power. Which, which, which if you don't know this or not, you got natural ability. You do. You got natural gifting. You have natural talent. But your natural talent will run out someday. Some of you, it ran out real early on and you knew you needed God. That's how it was for me. It didn't take me long to realize like, yeah, boy, I'm going to need some help in this world. You know what I'm saying? Some of you, a little more talented, it's taking a little longer. But Father Time is undefeated. Everybody dies. It's good news this morning. Everybody, everybody, y'all are getting older. Nobody elbow anybody or look at anybody. Everybody's getting older. I've been trying to fight it for a while now. In fact, I still think, like, I'm still as fast as I was in high school. I'm still strong. I'm stronger than I was. Now. I'm getting better. Every morning in the shower, I'm like, Lord, I thank you that I will not age. I just keep on. You know, it's just priorities. We're all getting older, whether we want to admit it or not. And the fact of the matter is true that we will hit natural limitations, things that are outside of our control. And when we encounter circumstances that are outside of our control, we need something supernatural that is able to help us. I want you to know this scripture is talking about looking and reaching for God. It's talking about the supernatural power of him being found. And many of us, we run around our whole lives without any supernatural power, so we never have access to a world that's outside of our natural world. We never have access to a world that's outside of home. So you just do your best, and we survive. And this is what the world is doing. We do our best, and we survive, and we medicate, and we try to, we try to encourage, and we try to help, and we try to get substance, and we try to find this, and this relationship, and this, and we try. But you will run out of it all. People, they walk with God. People fall away from God. But you know what I found to be true? Most people come back to God. Because life is a wonderful teacher at teaching us that life is really bad without God. It doesn't take much for us to understand that we, that we need him, that we need his presence. A God encounter is where God's supernatural qualities intersect with our natural limitations. 
I Many of us, we, we think an encounter like some like really mysterious thing that happens. Encounter with God is when his supernatural power intersects with my natural limitation. So let's say I get a doctor's report that's not good. It's incurable. There's nothing I can do. Now I have a natural limitation. So I need an encounter with God, which is God's super now on my natural. In fact, that's what the anointing is. The anointing is not some super mysterious word. The anointing is God's supernatural on my natural. How many know we need that? We need, we, need, we need some supernatural power in our lives. God, God is so amazing. God is not constricted the same way we're constricted. He's outside of time and space. He doesn't lack power. He doesn't lack ability. In fact, there's a couple words that describe God that are really important to know. He is omniscient. Omniscient, it means that he's all-knowing. There's, there's nothing that God does not know. He knows it all. He knows who's going to win the election. And whether we're freaking out about it or not, he already knows. He knows. It's like, well, if you know God, do something. My God. Like, he knows. He's all-knowing. He knows what you've done. He knows what you're going to do. He is all-knowing. Not only is he all-knowing, he is omnipotent, which means he is all-powerful. There, there, there's no one on the planet Earth that has more power than God. There's no situation that has more power than what God has. There is nothing that is outside of his strength, ability, or power. He's all, he's the supreme power. He, he is, there's a, there's a word in the Hebrew, a name for God, that means he is the ultimate power. There's, just, there's nothing else. He, 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 is un, he is unmatched. He is the supreme power. But he's also, and this is what we're talking about today, he is omnipresent, which means he's everywhere at the same time. That God is in Uganda, and God's in Cambodia. That God is here, and God also is in anywhere else that you can imagine in the world, God's there. T today is, today's my 13th wedding anniversary. And um, thank you, 13, 13 years. And I made a joke, I made a joke in the first service, I'm not gonna make now because it, it did not go over well. It was one of those jokes that you like, you wish you could take back, but it, it, just, it just went out and just like flopped. Because I told everybody it's my 13th wedding anniversary and also my wife left me today. See, that it's not good. What I meant was she left for Hawaii. All right, like she actually, not me, like we're still good, we're good. But, but she took a flight. She's going to minister, at, she, she's teaching at a YWAM school in Kona, Hawaii. Now I don't know why they didn't invite me, because I'm here, which I love y'all, but like I also love Hawaii. So she's flying to Hawaii, I'm, I'm, I'm here, and, and, and God's there. But he's also here. He's omnipresent, which means he's everywhere. So what does it mean for God's presence to be manifest? You ever heard that word before? It's like, ooh, they make movies about this kind of stuff. What does it mean for God's presence to be manifest? The only thing, it, it's not like God's super presence or God's extra presence. It's when we become aware of his presence that is already there. That we become understanding or cognizant of the presence of God that is everywhere, but we also realize it's right here. Worship is what gives us and raises our awareness to say, God, you're holy. You're worthy. You're he here. 
in the presence of God, stuff happens. Sometimes people feel the presence of God physically. Like you feel like chills, or you could feel warmth, or you could feel peace, or you could feel nothing. Or you could feel like a clear stream of thoughts that are clear. Do you know that if I told a joke right now, like I attempted to do in the first service, I could tell a joke that some of you would laugh, and some of you wouldn't. And that would not be the determination on if the joke was funny or not. Because every joke falls on a different sense of humor. So you might find something funny that I don't think is funny and vice versa. It doesn't make you wrong or me wrong. We're just different. When the presence of God is manifest in your life, you're going to respond different ways. I've seen people come into the presence of God and begin to weep. And then the person next to them is like, why are they? Because God's presence is touching them. It's not wrong. It's different. They have different experiences. They have different emotional baggage. They have different, they've had God's provide for them in different ways. They have different personalities. God's presence touches each of us different, but his presence being manifested is not someone falling over. His presence being manifested is not someone weeping. His presence being manifested is not someone feeling. His presence being manifested is awareness. I'm aware. Like today when we were singing, Maybe you just became aware. Just all of a sudden, like, oh, man, wow, God's here. He's, he's here right now. I'm aware of him. Well, I didn't feel anything. You don't have to feel anything. It's, it's, it's awareness. I'm understanding that he's here. A God encounter is where God's supernatural qualities intersect with our natural limitations. This happened in Luke chapter 5, verse 17. It says, now, it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees, talking about Jesus, Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who'd come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Check this out. The power of the Lord was present. To, does that mean the power of the Lord wasn't present to heal them on a different day? No, this means that they were aware or they recognized the power of God that was present to heal them. Did you know that you were created and made to know God? In fact, the ultimate purpose of your life is to know God. To know God and to be known by God. People always say, I'm, I'm a human being, and then I have spiritual experiences. Let me just tell you actually what you are. You're a spiritual being that's having a human experience. The Bible teaches us that our spirit never dies, that we will either spend eternity with God or without God, that there, there is no, but this human life, we know we got a time frame on this. This is the smallest part of eternity, is what we're spending right here on earth. And our goal while we're, while we're here is to know God to the fullest. So we're actually, Ecclesiastes says that eternity or God has been set into the hearts of every person, that every person has a bent towards God, a desire that's deep down. Some people have turned it away, some people have turned it off, some people have been hurt, but deep down, God has made each of us with a desire for him. So we're actually spiritual beings that are having a human experience. We're made to know God. J.I. Packer says, once you become aware that the main business that you are here for is to know God, most of life's problems fall into place of their own accord. Once I recognize that the purpose of my job, the purpose of my relationship, everything that I'm doing, the purpose of my life 
is to know God and to make him known. Everything begins to fall into place. Well, pastor, I'm not called into ministry. No, you're a Christian. You're, you're a Christian. You know what the Bible says to Christians? Go and make disciples. Oh, yeah, that, that was to the, no, no, that's to us, Christians. Go, therefore, and make disciples. Like, like, like make them. When was, when was the last time you shared your faith? Like just, just like shared your testimony. When was the last time you invited someone to come to church with you? When is the last time you grabbed a hope is here and you, and, and you passed it, pass it on? Because that, that, friends, is what is opening. It's opening your heart to recognize that the purpose of my life is not the job that I have. It is to know God and to make him know. Now, I, I love this. The Bible in, in Acts chapter 17, it, it, it's, it's really cool because it gives us really like a recipe in how to know God. It gives us a recipe in how to encounter him in a really way, in a real way. It says this in verse 17 or 27, we read this. It says, God did this so that they would seek him. Seek him. That they would, that they would look for him. Did you know when you begin to look for God, you begin to see him? It's, it's, have you ever rented a car that you don't have? A different type of car. You rent a car, and uh, we were recently in California, and uh, and we were in Orange County, and uh, we were renting our car, and they said we got a we got an upgrade for you for a Tesla, and I'm like, oh man, that's dangerous because Jamie's gonna probably want that. And then it's, yes, we'll take it. So we took the Tesla, and we're driving the we're driving the the Tesla. I'm like, man, this is nice. Man, I really like this Tesla. Man, this is this is great. And so, man, we drove, we took it back, and then now everywhere we go, we see Teslas. Jamie's like, have you noticed all the Teslas on the road? I'm like, did you ever notice Teslas before he rented the Teslas? She says, no. But all of a sudden, her awareness has now been heightened, and now she's, they were always there. But now she, rec see, God's presence has always been there. But you may not have recognized it. It's, it's always there. But when God begins to show up in your life, now you begin to recognize it. And the sunset Oh, that's beautiful. Wow, that's your creation. God, I, I see you in the sunset. I see you in my family. I see you in your provision. I see you, God. There, there used to be an old joke that used to say, you got two ways to wake up. You can wake up and be like, good Lord, it's morning. Or you can say, good morning, Lord. It's, it's, all, in how, it's all in how you say. It, it, it's, it's your understanding that when you begin to look for God, you begin to see him. And God would never say, seek him, if he had not planned to be found by us. The Bible says that God is truth, that he cannot lie, that there is no lie f found in him. So when he says, seek, it is not to tease us. It, it, it's not just to try to get us to come to church. He says, seek because he desires to be found by us. Seeking him means that he's findable, but it doesn't stop there. It said, the scripture says he did this that some might seek him and perhaps reach out for him. Reach, reach out for him. I always thought those were the same thing. Like, why are you saying the same thing? Seek out, seek him, reach out for him. Seek him, reach out for him. But it's different. We just got done with a series on faith, and we've learned this, that faith is synonymous with action. That you can't separate the two. That many people come to church and they look. Or even in their lives, they look for God. But there is a distinct difference between looking and reaching. When you come into worship, you reach. When you, when you get into prayer, you reach. I know people that have sat in church their whole lives looking and never received anything from God. Because James says, if you draw near to God, if who, if, if, wait, stop. Who draws near? 
If we draw near, let me say it this way. If you reach to God, he will reach to you. So if, if he is saying, not only look for me, also reach for me, that means that, that, that that's really good news because he wouldn't tell me to reach for me. I want you to catch this. He wouldn't tell me to reach for him if he wasn't within my reach. And that's why Paul goes on to say, though he is not far from any of us. The writer of Acts, Luke, is more specific than any of the other writers. He says, I think it's important that he put this in. He says, he is not far from any of us. Now, it didn't specify who should reach. It just said everybody should seek and everybody should reach. So what if you're a really bad person? He's within their reach as well. Well, what about me? Like I serve on 34 lead teams and I've done connect class four times over and, and I, he's still within your reach. So whether you're righteous or wicked, he's still within your grasp. That God has now come close to man, that he has made his presence available to us, that now we have access to him. And that doesn't mean that you're good. It means that when you reach to him, there is, a, there is a spiritual law that says if you reach to him, he will reach to you. He will reach to you. I, what I love this about the scripture, it doesn't stop there. It says God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. You know, people, I don't know why you come to church if you're not expecting to find him. I mean, for real, like you can seek and you can reach, but the promise is that you find so, like, don't leave empty-handed today. Make sure that you leave with something. I'm going to come get everything I can get. I'm going to come. If I took time out of my Sunday on a beautiful Sunday morning, I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to leave loaded with everything that God has for me. But many of us, for years, we come to church or even in our time with God and our own relationship with God, and we look, we reach, and we go home. And we're proud of ourselves for seeking and reaching, but we have not found him. Have you found him? Has his presence become manifest? What's ma manifest? manifest. Have, have you recognized that he's with you? He's been with you even in the tough times, even in the hard times. He was there. Even when you were running, even when you were cursing God, he was there. He was, he's, he was there. Now, I don't know if this is because I was really hungry or, um, or because I was listening to Kanye, but I want to... I want, to, I want you to go on a little journey with me, okay, real quick, okay? This, I'm going somewhere, I promise, okay? This is a hypothetical situation, hypothetical situation. Did you know that Chick-fil-A is closed on Sunday? <laughs> it's closed on Sunday. Doesn't matter if they got lemonade or not, like, it's closed on Sunday. Chick-fil-A is closed on, it's off, as long as I've ever known Chick-fil-A, it's been closed on Sunday. Now, I don't know why, but on Sundays, for some reason, I've never been more hungry for Chick-fil-A than on Sundays, in fact, I woke up this morning thinking, man, you know what, Chick-fil-A, it's closed. <laughs> this happened to me right when I first moved to Texas because we didn't have Chick-fil-A in, in Washington where I was at the time. And so when we moved here, we're like, Chick-fil-A. And on Sunday morning, man, right after service, I went straight to Chick-fil-A, got in the drive-thru line. I'm like, wait, why am I, I, I went all the way there. Got in the drive-thru line, Chick-fil-A's closed. I'm like, all right, yeah, I should have I known that. It's closed on Sunday. Now, just, just humor me for a second. What if you came to church today and uh, we're talking in, in, by the back doors after service, and I just lean over, just whisper, just like, hey, just so you know, 
Chick-fil-A is open today. <laughs> now, some of you would be like, this guy's an idiot. <laughs> some of you would be like, man, Dustin, no, it's not. And you try to tell me, like, why it's not and the, the, the foundation of the company and all this. And, right? Some of you would be like, hmm. And you would drive your car over to Chick-fil-A and you would just make a nice casual loop. Just see, like, anybody there? Because I'm not going to be the guy that doesn't know that Chick-fil-A is open on Sunday now. You know, like, I'm, I'm going to check it out. I'm going to look. I'm, I'm going to seek. I'm going to seek. I'm just going to check it out. Now, sometimes, I don't know if you've ever done this before, but sometimes you go, to a, you go to a store and you don't know if it's open or not. You know what I'm talking about? You're sitting in the parking lot and like, this looks kind of dark. I think they forgot to pull the open side, but it's supposed to be. You look on the map, it's like it's supposed to be open. And, and, and so then you have to take your, your seeking to the next level, right? Because now I've, now I've looked, I've sought, and I see like I'm here, I don't, I don't know. So now I gotta go to the next level. So I get out of my car, right? And you gotta go up. And, and you gotta be real, you gotta be smooth with this. Because you don't wanna go, if you go to Chick-fil-A today and you just you know, walk up and you grab that door and it's locked, everyone's gonna be like, what in, he doesn't know? Chick-fil-A's closed on Sunday, right? So you gotta like be ready either way. Cause you don't wanna walk the walk of shame, you know, like just checking, make sure it's secure. So. It's all good. It's all good. Still closed, guy. You don't want to be that guy. But what if? What, what, if, what if? What if? What if you went to Chick-fil-A, you drove around, you thought, okay, you know what? I don't care that no one's in the drive-thru. I don't care that anyone's in the parking lot. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna reach. And you grab the door and you opened it and it's open. And you go inside. And Chick-fil-A is open on Sunday. What if this? What if it's always been open on Sunday? <laughs> and you never, you never knew. And you've been propagators of the closed on Sunday. You're like, oh no, it's closed on Sunday, I'll play it. No, it's, no, what if it was always open? Can I tell you something? That there are thousands of believers that meet in churches every single week that think that God is not accessible. And they've even driven by the church every once in a while. They've driven by a class every once in a while and they looked, nah, it's not open. But when you get really hungry, you also get really desperate. So you heard, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And somebody said, it's open. So you're like, I'm hungry enough that I'm going to risk some shame. And I'm going to go to that door and I'm going to, okay, 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 okay. It was worth the risk. I just wanted to see. I just wanted to see if it was closed or not. But, but what if, what if, what if there's more to God than you've ever experienced? Maybe he's been open all along. Maybe he has given you access to his presence all along. Maybe he has blessings for you. Maybe he has prosperity for you, provision for you, healing for you, sanity for you. Maybe, maybe it's been all, and maybe all you needed to do was come to this service today and for me to just whisper in your ear, hey, he's open. He's open. You know, in the Old Testament, this is crazy. In the Old Testament, the presence of God was, was really encapsulated by the Ark of the Covenant. It was the Ark of the Covenant. That, that, that wherever the Ark was, there was prosperity. Wherever the Ark was, there was protection. Wherever the presence of God was. 
And the presence of God was protected in a tabernacle or in the temple. And in that tabernacle, they would have the outer courts where the commoners could go. They'd have the inner courts where the priests could go. And they would have the most holy place. And the most holy place had a veil or a curtain that went around the most holy place. And the Ark of the Covenant was hidden in that veil. It was protected. And nobody could go into the, to the Holy of Holies except the high priest. And he could go there one time a year to make atonement for the sins of all the people. Everybody wanted to be in that Holy of Holies. But nobody could get behind the veil. Theologians believe that the veil would be between 18 to 21 inches thick. That's like a wall. Up 30, 38 feet high in the air. And it would go around that. And it was the most holy place. It was the place where the presence of God lived. Not visited, where it dwelt. It was the habitation of God on earth. The ark in the holy of holies. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 27 that when Jesus was on the cross, I'll read it to you. Matthew 27, it says, And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit, died. And at that moment, the curtain, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook. The rocks split. And the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. Stop. We're talking about the veil, but just pause for a second. Why does anybody preach about that? Did y'all hear that? It's the original Walking Dead. Like, Jesus dies and just, like, tombs start breaking open. It's like, Grandpa? You know what I mean? It's like, it's creepy stuff, man. That's, like, weird. That's weird. That's in your Bible. I'm not talking about that today. It says, says that the veil was torn. What does that mean? Why does the Bible say it was torn from top to bottom? Most scholars believe that if it would have been torn from bottom to top, that most haters, Pharisees, would have thought that it was done by man. But because it was torn from top to bottom, that the only way that it was possible was that God tore it. That when Jesus shed his blood... The veil of the temple was torn. The thing that was keeping us at a distance was destroyed. Now, this is crazy. This is where it really gets good. Because this is what makes Acts chapter 17 so just incredible. Is that if, if, if God said that we could seek him, that we'd reach out to him, we'd find him, though he is not far from any, 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 any in the Greek means any. It, I'll be here all day. Uh, literally. Any. So, so now, now this is, this is interesting. If, it, if it's any, like, the only person that go in the Holy of Holies was, was the high priest. But the Bible says when Jesus died, he took the place of the high priest. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. So when Jesus died, he shed his blood. Anybody that now says yes to Jesus, believes in your heart, confesses with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, will be saved. What does that mean? Save means that now I have the ability or the opportunity to have every sin that I've ever committed forgiven. The only thing that would ever keep me at a distance from God is my sin. God is holy. I am not. I cannot come into his presence because I am not holy. But when Jesus died and he shed the blood, there was 
a tearing in the temple. And the veil, the only thing that kept you and I out of the very holy of holies was torn. And now at any time, in any place, no matter how wicked or how righteous, we can come into the presence of God. What I'm trying to say to Church 1132 is it's not enough to just look. It's not enough just to reach. We have to find because Jesus bought access for me and for you. Why would you live a natural life if you can live supernaturally? Why? Would you only experience God in this little box of natural confines when you can step into a supernatural reality and at any time, in any moment, in any place, you can come into the presence of God. It'll change the way you worship. It'll change the way that you come to church. It'll change the way that you parent. It'll change the way that you lead. It'll change everything about you. Because when I hit my natural limitation, I can tap into his supernatural power. He's open. You know what? Most people live their whole lives thinking that God's only open on Sunday. Chick-fil-A's closed on Sunday. They think God's only open on Sunday. This is the place. Now, friends, every day. Monday, he's open. Tuesday, he's open. Went on and on and on. God's open every day. Well, what, what happens if I have a really bad day and I, I like said things I shouldn't say? Done thing. Yeah, He's still within your grasp. That's like the best news. That makes me like want to run laps around this building like old school Pentecostal style, but I'm going to hold myself together. But if you come to the 6 p.m. tonight, I'm telling you, it is on. Because when God looked down and said, I love people so much that I cannot have them at a distance. I don't want to see just the high priest. I want every person everywhere to have access to come into my presence. I want my people to know me. I want my people to encounter me. I want my people to hear my voice. So God tore that veil so that you and I can step in and come before his throne with boldness and with confidence. That's worth giving God some praise that we have access to him. Thanks for listening to the Church 1132 broadcast. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience or at church1132.com.